Good morning and welcome to Leading Off with True Blue LA. It is Wednesday, August 31st. Good lord, the last day of August is here already. Um, I'm your host, Eric Steven, who's con- continuously amazed by the calendar. Um, so we're game or one game into the three-game uh, showdown Dodgers-Mets series. Uh, uh, it seemed like Dodgers-Mets uh, game one uh, certainly had the atmosphere of a playoff game. seemed exciting. A uh, very close game throughout. Uh, it's only fitting, right? Because these teams have had the best two records uh, in the National League almost all year. Um, like that said, like it was a it was like a playoff game in many ways. But there's a few others where it was very much not a playoff game, and a more of a regular season dealing with uh, roster availability and things like that, workload management. We'll get we'll get to that later. But first, let's. Uh, Let's just sort of recap the game in a way. Um, Gavin Lux had the big game at the plate. Uh, He had a two-run single that put the Dodgers on top in the third, uh, and he had an RBI single in the seventh that also put the Dodgers on top. He broke ties both times. Um, uh, Lux had missed uh, five of the last six games, uh, or at least didn't start five of the last six. He, He missed four of them in a row with sort of a neck issue. He, they, they started him on Saturday, uh, or on Sunday, excuse me, and then uh, he, he didn't start Monday, but then later uh, got into the game. Um, it was more of just sort of giving him time off. I think Dave Roberts said he's starting like the next four games or something. So he he's, seems to be back, but he's, he's certainly been productive. And like um, after, like a, we've talked about this before, but after um, – a slow start this year in the power department. Uh, he's just been hitting like he's he's had a really solid year overall. Like uh, he's up there in like batting average on base percentage, and his slugging percentage is somewhere near 500 since like the beginning of June. Um, just been excellent, uh, and like he's maybe the like sixth best hitter in the lineup. <laughs> Who knows? But that's how deep the Dodgers lineup is. But uh, he provided uh, most of the offense. Um, Evan Phillips uh, has been the Dodgers' best uh, reliever all year. So he pitched a 1-2-3 eighth inning. Uh, I didn't realize this. Uh, I was looking at something like sort of his recent game logs. And um, he now has retired 29 straight batters in a row, uh, dating back to August 6th. Uh, that's a hidden perfect game, uh, t- getting to 27 outs. Uh, he has uh, eight strikeouts during that time. Uh so yeah, he's been amazing. Uh, but so he pitched the eighth. Um, the Dodgers won the opener four to three. Lux's uh, single uh, held up. We'll get to the other relievers used in a bit because there's uh, more to it than this. But um, but first, uh, how they got there? Andrew Heaney. Uh, he sort of had the yin and the yang uh, going uh, as he's done recently. So he struck out eight in five innings. He has 28 strikeouts over his last uh, three starts. But he also um, allowed two more home runs. Uh, Starling Marte and Mark Canna got on both solos. I guess the the saving grace there. Uh, Heaney has allowed six home runs in those last three games when he's piled up the strikeouts. But he also made a throwing error after fielding a bunt up the first baseline by Marte in the first inning. It looked like he was going foul. Uh, It not only brought in a run, but Marte uh, got to third base with nobody out. However... Uh, Heaney did use strikeouts to escape that inning with no further damage. Uh, 
Uh, it felt like he could have allowed a lot more just given how the game was going. Um, weirdly, Pete Alonso was sort of his escape hatch. Um, uh, three at-bats against Heaney. He struck out three times. Heaney threw only fastballs, 14 pitches. Um, he, uh, Alonso stranded Marte on third in the first. He stranded runners at the corners with two out in the fifth. Uh, Alonso swung, at, swung and missed at seven of those 14 fastballs. Um, Heaney had a season-high 21 swinging strikes in this one. His last two starts were 16 and 19 swinging strikes, so he's missing a lot of bats. Uh, and it, like he leads the team with a 35% uh, strikeout rate. Uh, it's just when they don't miss, the ball goes a long way. So they they got to sort of work on that. We'll, we'll see. But uh, he, he's he's been like effective um, in spurts, and who knows what his postseason role is going to be. But he, he's been like you can obviously see the stuff is good. It's just a matter of like sort of limiting the home runs, I guess. But overall, uh, exciting game, exciting start. So Heaney goes five. Um. But the Dodgers, uh, uh, as of Tuesday, uh, have a nine-reliever bullpen uh, because they optioned Michael Grove, who was a fill-in starter Monday after Tony Gonsolin went on the injured list. Um, so uh, they also sent down Phil Bickford, uh, who's been pitching like their lowest leverage game since like in the second half, um, and he's not been pitching well. Um, he also pitched three of the last four games, so like... Uh, I think just getting through this series was a big deal. Like, I think they just needed some coverage. Uh, Blake Trinan's due back Friday, but they still have three games before Friday of this series. So, um, so Jake Reed, who's been on the taxi squad uh, for the, uh, I think, the, fir the first part of the road trip, was activated um, on, on Tuesday before the game. So was Heath Hembry. Now, Hembry was the surprise, I, I guess – yeah, it was kind of a surprise. He was with the Pirates earlier this year, um, ended up signing a minor league deal with the Dodgers at the end of June. Uh, he had some pretty good numbers uh, in AAA in his limited time there. It's like 14 strikeouts and two walks. He's 36% K rate, really good. He's 33, but he had like an ERA over seven in the majors with the Pirates. So, um, so those two guys were called up. I, I sort of figured um, this – after like six relievers were used Monday, I figured this was going to be more of about about like coverage for this series. Little did I know that they were down a lot more than I expected. Um, so uh, after Heaney goes five, uh, again, nine relievers active on the roster. Dave Roberts said after the game, only four pitchers were available, and they were the ones who pitched. So um, Hamry came in first. He pitched a scoreless six. He worked around two hits. Uh, the Dodgers got the lead on Lux's single in the top of the seventh, making Hembry the pitcher of record. Um, the usual leverage guys, uh, Alex Vessia pitched the seventh, Evan Phillips, the aforementioned uh, perfect eighth. Uh, they got through the next two. And then, so you're thinking, who's going to pitch the ninth? So of the relievers that weren't available, um, Craig Kimbrell uh, went an inning and a third through 32 pitches Monday. He was great in his first inning. They, tr they tried to get him to go a second inning because they needed it. And he uh, he walked to uh, ended up sort of it was a long outing so he was pretty obviously down. Chris Martin, who saved Monday's game, um, uh, sort of rescuing Kimbrel in that situation. Um, he pitched Sunday and Monday, so he was pretty much down to uh, David Price pitched Monday. They really haven't used him back to back in a ton, especially like in leverage situations. Uh, Caleb Ferguson hasn't been used back to back at all, and he pitched Monday. The one um, uh, person who, who maybe you 
could have thought just looking at game logs might have been available was bruised or Gratterall, but uh, according to Roberts, he was unavailable. No reason why, Just he, he just said four pitchers were available. So uh, Gratterall is coming off missing six weeks with, with a shoulder injury, so I'm sure that's part of it. So he, he pitched Sunday, so they were giving him two days off. It, it happens, right? It's not a... It's not like they have a, a formula where like, well, you you know, you can pitch today. They, they check with these guys. It's a constant like um, checking in, uh, seeing how they're doing, how they're throwing, how they're feeling. It's a very uh, fluid situation at all times. That's why you uh, sometimes see stretches where you just you're calling up fresh arms. It maybe doesn't make a lot of sense uh, on first glance, but um, uh, the more you look at it, the you know the the more obvious it becomes. But yeah, so and also Phillips pitched Monday, so he wasn't going to go out for two innings. He got through the eighth on eleven pitches. Um, so Robert said after the game he wasn't going to stretch Phillips out after uh, being on his second night. So that left Jake Reed for the night, and they they set it up that way. Um, Robert said after the game uh, on Sports in LA uh, that, that uh, Reed was going to end the game no matter what. Uh, that Reed uh, having not pitched since Tuesday had the ability to pitch longer than the other three pitchers, other three relievers. So the idea was he's going to get the ninth, and then if it goes into extras, he can keep pitching for as long as they need him, uh, I guess to a point. Um, but So that's why he pitched the ninth, and then it looked like it looked like rough at first. Eduardo Escobar led off with a single. Then Daniel Vogelbach came up, and they got he got to a full count, and you're thinking, okay, this, this could be bad. It's, it's obviously a one-run game. Something can go wrong. You never know. But then Vogelbach kind of chased a little bit and grounded out. It was a slow grounder, very rainy. Um, shifted Max Muncy, uh, fielded the ball in between second and first, uh, ran and tagged Escobar, and then threw with plenty of time to first to get a surprise double play. Uh, and he threw cleanly despite the, the rain. It was, it was good play. Um, and then Reed got a harmless grounder back to the box, and suddenly the game's over. So uh, Jake Reed, first career save. Uh, Post game with Kirsten Watson, and then they showed part of his locker room interview on Sports NLA too. He was super emotional, like almost getting choked up on the field. He got he calmed down a little bit after the game. He said the save was uh, the uh, biggest moment of his career. Uh, he seemed uh, Roberts said he seemed Reed seemed more emotional at this call up than during his major league debut, which was last July with the Dodgers. So you have Jake Reed with the save. He's a former Met. Uh, winning pitcher was Heath Henry. He's a former Met. <laughs> so just a wild finish. Like, how are you going to, like, write that up? But it's just, I would not have guessed this is how this game was going to happen. But um, another sort of milestone of sorts um, Tuesday was um, Dave Roberts' 1,000th game as Major League Manager, as the great John Wiseman uh, pointed out on Twitter. Um, one of those was with the Padres. He filled in on an interim basis. Um I believe that's when Bud Black got fired, um, and then the last 999 with the Dodgers. But Dave Roberts is now 632 and 368. So that 632 winning percentage is best among all managers, minimum 1,000 games. There's a few uh, managers with lesser games who have a, a bit higher winning percentage, but it's it's been obviously an incredible run uh, for Roberts. But um, before we get into the rest of the series, uh, let's take a little bit of a break, and uh, then we'll we'll talk about Wednesday and Thursday after that. Of uh, when Clayton Kershaw would start was finally revealed uh, before the series opener. Um, for almost a week, uh, the mantra from Roberts and Kershaw uh, was uh, has been saying he's going to start Thursday in New York or Friday at home against the Padres. 
after Kershaw's simulated game Saturday, uh, Kershaw told reporters in Miami that he knew he was starting when he was starting, but he didn't want to say. Uh, Tuesday, Roberts revealed that Kershaw would start Thursday. Um, it makes sense for a few reasons. One, he was on the same sort of schedule as Dustin May. Uh, Kershaw's simulated game was four innings on Saturday, and Dustin May pitched six innings. Uh, and so Dustin May gets extra rest now uh, by Kershaw going Thursday and May Friday. Um, Kershaw's bullpen session was Monday, May's on Tuesday, so that lines up too. Uh, another thing that I, I sort of that stuck out to me, um, Kershaw on Saturday uh, with reporters in Miami after the sim game, he talked about the costs and benefits of not going on a, ma- a minor league rehab assignment, which he he didn't do this time. He he end up, he'll end up missing just a little a little under four weeks uh, with his back pain. One of the things he mentioned was, given his back, uh, staying away from the extra travel of a rehab assignment was one of the pluses. Uh, it wasn't like a obviously like um, a set deal, but like there, there were there were other um, you know costs to it as well. But that was one of the things he brought up as as a positive of not doing the rehab assignment. So on, it also I think makes sense to have him start now while he's feeling good and on the trip and while he's feeling up to it, rather than. Friday after a cross-country flight home. Um, now, Kershaw, if he was starting Friday, and I'm sure May will do this, probably travels ahead of the team. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's a day earlier or maybe just very early on um, Wednesday or, or Thursday he might go back rather than Thursday night. And so he gets extra rest, makes sure he's he's fine. But I, I think that was probably part of the fact the things that factor into it. Uh, another thing later in the series, uh, so Kershaw... Um, when he gets activated Thursday, that's September 1st, that's when rosters expand. So the Dodgers won't have to make a uh, corresponding roster move. They just add him, and he'll be the 14th pitcher on the staff. Um, now, uh, they'll also get to add a position player, and that position player is going to be Miguel Vargas. Per uh, Fabian Ardaya was the first to report this. Uh, Juan Toribio and Jack Harris also confirmed. Uh, Vargas was pulled from OKC's game Tuesday. He's going to join the Dodgers Wednesday on the taxi squad and then get activated Thursday. So um, that's obviously good news for Vargas. Like he only played in two games uh, last time uh, he was up, uh, did pretty well in the first game. Uh, but yeah, like he's obviously, you know, one of the big parts of their future. Um, so getting him, he also adds a uh, an extra right-handed like power bat if they needed to, at the very least off the bench. He could probably start a little bit, uh, either like filling in uh, late, uh, maybe later in the month at third and DH or whatever. Um, so we'll see how they use him. But you see, on one hand, you also feel bad for Edwin Rios, who was like uh, he played his way into like a, a semi-regular role uh, back in late May. And he was really hitting well, just hitting a ton of home runs, doing really well. And then tears his hamstring, misses two months, has a long rehab assignment, and then by the time he's, his rehab assignment is up, the Dodgers don't have room for him on the roster. So he was already optioned to AAA, so he's just been staying down there. And now once rosters expand in September, it sounds like he's not coming up. So I guess that's the one, one of the downfalls of only having 28 uh, uh, active players in September. Rather, You don't have to necessarily go all the way up to 40, but that really does limit who you call up. So, man, that's, that's going to be rough for Edwin Rios, who was p- playing really well, and he's just sort of the odd man out right now. But that's sort of where the Dodgers are at. They're, 
They have a really good team. They have to make some tough decisions that we've talked before. They're going to have to make some pitching decisions uh, once the, the, the rehabbing pitchers get healthy. But um, before we get all that uh, and before we get to Thursday when those when Kershaw and Vargas are going to be active, um, the Dodgers and Mets do play another game tonight, and they just happen to face Jacob deGrom, who's looked a lot like his uh, former scary self since returning. Uh, he's been just excellent. Uh, we talked about that with um, Brian Salvatore on the series preview issue uh, or edition of this podcast yesterday. Uh, so yeah, like that's going to be an exciting game. The Dodgers will counter with Tyler Anderson, who's been like their steadiest performer this year. He's the team innings leader. Um, it's just, uh, it's been a weird year. The Dodgers are at 90 wins. It, we're not in September yet. Uh, it's pretty crazy. Uh, the Dodgers at the moment are 22 and five in August. They were 21 and five in July. That was their second best July ever. Um, if they win Wednesday, it'll be their best August ever, beating the 1953 Brooklyn team. If they lose, uh, then it'll be the third best August in franchise history. So this has been kind of an incredible um, two-month stretch. They've been so good. <laughs> like and It's just been fun to watch. But, yeah, one more game left in August. Uh, I'm sure we'll have more to talk about tomorrow. But thanks for listening, everybody. I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>